0: You should focus on the things that you are in control of. Your footwork, your skill work, your speed, your athleticism, your strength, how hard you compete when you are on the field. That's something you're in control of, and those are the things that get noticed.
1: That was Tiger Sampson, head coach at Govs. He's the guest on this week's Chasing the Goal podcast. Welcome to New England Lacrosse Journal's Chasing the Goal podcast, your destination for all things lacrosse. I'm your host, Kyle Devitt. Alongside me, Mr. Jack Pietelli. Jack, got to be in your bonnet today, I hear.
2: Yeah, I'm very disappointed, girl. What are you disappointed about? Very disappointed. I have been this disappointed in a long time. I'm sure you, like I do, a lot of high school coaches will reach out to me looking for assistant coaches. Sure. So this gentleman reached out to me, high school coach, got a resume, and, and my name was referenced that I was his coach at one time. And he said this kid, and the name rang a bell said, I got a resume. I said, send me his resume. Sends me his resume. I'm looking through. And I go, oh, yeah, I know this guy. He was, played for me. And he was end of the bench type guy. He was a good teammate, didn't play much. And on his resume, it had it down that he was a two-time All-American. Now, I coached at this college for four years. No All-Americans. <laughs> yeah. Zero. But he claimed he was a two-time All-American. So I was very upset. I contacted him. I called him, his number was on the resume, Yeah, spoke to him. He told me that he didn't read the resume before it was sent to the high school coach because his wife wrote his resume and she sent it. I said, that's a bunch of garbage and I can't believe you're trying to convince me that you did not see your resume. Yeah. And you're a two-time All-American? That's sad. It is sad. And
1: I got to say, it does happen A fair amount, right? I mean, not where I am because there isn't a competition for spots for assistants at New Hampshire high schools. I'll be honest. And the reason I know that is because I handed my resume to a couple people. And just because I coached in college, they were like, this is an assistant job. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to pay me nothing. I'm going to show up and I'm going to fire the kids up. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's it. And then I'm going to leave. And the look on the AD's faces when I understood the assignment was very, what? Because it's not like other sports, right? Like lacrosse is very, it's labor of love. And we talk about this on the podcast all the time, right? If you're in lacrosse and you've been in it for more than, I don't know, a couple of years after you graduate from college, before you give up, <laughs> which is an affectionate way that I, I describe it, right? Like you're well in, entitled to give up and make real money. You're in it and you, you don't leave unless something happens and you have to leave, right? Like you have to make that money somewhere else or you have to get, get another opportunity. It's way better somewhere else. So I understand that, but I also get like the, the faking of resumes, the embellishing of resumes is, is actually like a real problem pretty much everywhere.
2: But in this lacrosse community, you're not going to get away with it. No, it's too small. That's the crazy thing. Everybody knows everybody a hundred percent. Knows exactly what's what's going on. And it's disrespectful to those all Americans who work their asses off to become an all American. I was an all American. Worked my tail off. I set goals for myself. He's a wannabe.
1: Yeah.
2: Who never wanted to work. Yeah. And he never played. Yeah. Kids that kids that never play and still play. I'll never. So do he's it, walking but. around telling people he was a two time All American and he's he's coaching youth lacrosse. What kind of message is that? <sighs> do Anyways, you, do you need that resume to coach youth lacrosse, man? No, I'm just saying it's all it's, dads anyway. I know, but it's on his resume. I'm just saying he's showing yeah. up at youth practices. No. Yeah, he's probably telling the kids, "Yeah, I was a two time All American." Then they see him throwing the ball and they go, "There's no way you were two time All American. You yeah. can't even catch and throw." It, it's well, it's also it happens
1: the other way too. So like, I worked a camp. Second year out of college, I worked a camp. I probably should say the name, but I'm not gonna. I worked a camp in Texas and it was a certain famous lacrosse family run camp. And they were introducing us as coaches, and I was the only there weren't, it was just them. And then they found out that I lived down there. They're like, Do you wanna do it? I was like, sure. They introduced me and they, before they went up and introduced all the coaches, they asked me my GPA. And it was high. So like I told them and they're like, right. So they get up there they introduce everyone and then they introduce me as an academic all-American. And I'm like, "No, just cuz I played and my GPA wasn't 2, doesn't mean that I'm an all academic all-American, dude." You know what I mean? I had to be like, "Hey, well, let's not do that when we do the yeah. next group, okay? Well, it's, that's not okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but that sort of embellishment like, "Look how great the camp is. We got this person." That happens in coaching, it happens in new hires, all that stuff. Like, does it it's kind of I mean, you can get away with it at a camp in Texas. Do you know what I mean? And I could have let it slide. I didn't. I was like, don't say that. That's not, I didn't earn that. You know what I mean? I didn't. I was I was happy to be on Dean's list, man. I mean, say I was on the, de- like, academic achievements do mean things, but it's so funny because, do you know all the All-Americans on D1, D2, and D3? You pretty much can pick them, right? Do you know the academic All-Americans? Do you know why you don't? Because no one cares. <laughs> like, I, and you, sh- they should. It's part of my job to maybe make sure they do, but at the end of the day, it's a lot of a lot of sports is performance on the field. And people don't realize that. Like that that's what puts butts in seats. Like you're not just cuz you're an academic all-American at a school no one's ever heard of. That's a great accomplishment for you. You shouldn't say that's wrong. But at the same time, it's not the same thing as all-American all-American.
2: We can know? we can go on and on. What about preseason all-American? Oh well, yeah, I, about, wrote, what, I voted what, in yeah. those. I, I can't, right, so, I can't. So, so, so what, what, why don't we have a preseason academic All-American? Oh,
1: yeah, based on fall scores? How many how many kids from the Ivy League skipped the fall fall semester and went in? Oh, wait, we have to cut that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll keep it in. I don't care. But what we can't cut is our guest, Mr. Togger Sampson. He is the head coach at Govs, and uh, your, your title at, at Twister's is what? The associate director at Twister's. Awesome. Did you did you embellish your resume to get that? Or
0: did I did not embellish my resume. <laughs> I think too many people can do a quick Google search and find out that, to find out the truth out there. So I found I a picture.
1: I found a picture of you with really long hair and a pixelated long pole.
0: Uh, yeah. So I'm really happy
1: <laughs> that I found it from Naz. Yep. There it is. Look at that. Got Yarmouth,
0: some, Maine. Got some locks there. There's, uh, there's a couple pictures that float around. I found out recently that I think one of the pictures that has been floating around the group text of our oh, governor's that's the Program. That's the worst. When the kids find <laughs> oh, your old pictures? They do. Have they yeah. done this to you? Sure. Oh, the, the kids did it to
1: me and then they photoshopped it yeah. and made my head bigger. And it's all, my, listen, my head's already abnormal. I look like a pumped up, like Tom Cruise head. It's already bad. It's not, you don't need to make it bigger. They just made it bigger. And bigger, and kept sending it out because i thought it was funny. That's it right. was funny, to be fair. I I liked it, but I I I actually have an old picture of Jack on my phone as my background. Do you from the Blazers days oh, where he's it. he's like looking tough? Is like this Jack squinting. with the hair
0: too? Like a little bit? Nah,
1: you but, no, you can't tell. He's wearing a helmet. I'm going to show you right here. Look, Jack. I do the that's same thing
0: to Moreland. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, look at this. He's right there. Oh, that's awesome. It's it's incredible. That's a classic. I just keep I it on. It. It's got his autograph right on his head. It's that's great. great. Appreciate that. You're never you're never gonna live down sending me that picture <laughs> yeah. ever. But you know we're not here to just talk about pictures and uh, whinge about all Americans. We're we're here to talk about some lacrosse. And at, at Govs, yeah. I'm sure you, you you took over for the founder of Twisters, who yep. also was the Govs head coach, yeah. and Steve Moreland. I've gotten to know Steve recently, but. He's great, man. Like, that guy, he comes up to me. At, he's, a, he's a volunteer assistant at BU now. Yep. He saw me in the fall and was like, Kyle. And I'm like, oh, no. Sometimes when people, like, if I go to scrimmages and someone yeah. yells out my name, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look, and it's him. And he's like, hey. I'm like, your team's over there. What are you doing here? He's like, I, you were over here. I walked over to talk to you. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. So can you kind of... Tell me about the experience working under him sure. at both of these organizations that you're now in.
0: Yeah, it's been an unbelievable experience. Right? First of all, thank you guys for, for having me on today. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Love what you guys are doing for it and what you're doing for New England lacrosse especially. But to go on to talk about Coach Moreland or Steve, right? Whatever, uh, Stevie, it goes by sometimes, right? He's he's just a phenomenal human. Steve and I met a little bit after I graduated from Nazareth in 2012. He first hired me as a sales associate with Harold sports when he was in charge of the new england territory we started working together both left harrow right around the same time he was doing some lacrosse clinics i was he he brought me on board to coach with him at phillips andover as an assistant and from there twisters kind of took off we started with three teams now we're we're up to 19 and it's been it's been an unbelievable eight years doing the twisters thing with steve and uh, we're really excited about the direction that it's heading in
1: yeah, I, I can tell you just watching the development of, of Twisters. People ask me about it. I know Mike Shimano, who coaches yeah. in your program, Diego's yeah. head coach. Your twenty four classes is, is very good. Yeah. Like there's a lot of top tier talent that that I've seen develop over the last two years to be kind of well recruited. Thank you. Yeah,
0: and it's and it was it's interesting how it is you know how that all kind of shook out is that we had some twenty threes reclass our twenty four class is just all about it right which is a great thing for Steve and I to have and our coaches to be able to coach and for the younger guys to be able to see this twenty four group group going through the process is there is a group of guys who are it's a cohesive group they're close on and off the field but they're all about lacrosse right and they just work their tails off to get better and focus on the little things to make themselves recruitable I mean everybody's recruiting process. Us at that 24 level has obviously been different but we've been pleased with some of the commits that we've already had and, and the direction that some of the guys are heading in so it's been it's been really fun
2: When you talk about the little things to get recruited Sure what exactly do you mean by the little things?
0: Yeah, so I think you can, this is this is the same philosophy that I have at Govs too, right? You are, you should focus on the things that you are in control of, right? As a player, your footwork, right? Your skill work, your speed, your athleticism, your strength, those are all things that you are in control of, right? How hard you compete when you are on the field, that's something you're in control of. And those are the things that get noticed. It really hits home for some of our guys as they're going through this process. Let's take a defenseman, for instance. So you're going through the process and we're talking, some maybe d1s and then they come back and they're like his lateral movement just isn't fast enough or his footwork just isn't clean enough right now it's great for us to go back to our kids and be like hey this is the stuff you need to work on we're getting this first hand from college coaches right you've heard it from us before now you're hearing it from a different voice and let's hope this kind of snaps too
1: yeah i had a i had a kid who got recruited to a d2 school he's a senior this year at Hopkinton, and and one of the things I said to him is I'm like, you need to go play somewhere else in the summer yeah. because you need to hear someone else's voice that isn't mine. Yeah. And it's not that like, I th- I love coaching him. He's the most coachable kid I think I've ever coached in my life. Yeah. There's a reason he's going to that school second kid in a, in a line to go to that school. We're trying sure. to build a pipeline there and he has to adapt to wait, to play a different way. And one of the yeah. things I wanted to ask you about, yeah. because you are involved with club, and coaching a, a high school team, sure. uh, a prep team. yeah, The roles that players play from club to prep is not always the same. Yeah. And I think that's actually for the better. Yeah. How do you coach that when you like you have kids that are Twister's kids and Gov's kids? Sure. How do you make that work? How do you tell them, okay, here, run this team. For the betterment of this team, you have to
0: play this role. How do you make that that work for you. Yeah, I think that's especially different for freshmen and sophomores that are coming in. Last year with our Govs team, we had a decent amount of returners, but we had a lot of new faces there too, right? And so when you're balancing the club and the high school stuff, it's important for them to learn how to play different roles, right? A guy that might be a heavy two-way guy for us at Govs might be a little bit more dominant on the offensive side when he goes and plays club, right? Can be a little bit more of an alpha when he's playing with just his his grad year, but I think it's really important for them to also understand that there are little things you can always be doing within your role, right? Be a star in your role to help help the team win and help us become a better program. Whether that's club or whether that's high school, there's always little things that you can focus on, right? And I think understanding different roles are a really important piece of that because me, for me, for instance, I played LSM all four years in, in high school. When I got to college, they saw my foot speed and they're like, you're going down low. And I was like, all right, yeah, sign me up. Like As long as I can get on the field. So it's important to be coach- coachable in that aspect and understand that just because you've been doing something one way for your high school program might be different for club or vice versa, or when you get to college.
1: Yeah. And, and another example that I keep using Hopkinson is the example. Cause that's yeah. where I lose my boys. I had a kid who's a, a freshman this year at a program and he transferred in and uh, it's his first year playing college lacrosse at a, at a not club level, right? He sure. was previously at a club level and he was telling me like, coach, I don't know he's gone through a week of practice and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do whatever the team needs you to do. Yeah. It's, I don't care that no one cares that you all state selection in New Hampshire. No one cares. You played in the North South game. That's over, man. Like you have to restart. And if your coach asks you to do something, you have to go do it. He's like, well, I don't want to be pigeonholed in that role. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if how that's going to work. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It, like
0: if it gives you the best opportunity to get on the field, you should be saying yes, coach. Like I'll, I will definitely yes. do it. Put the team first, right? It's a we mentality over a me mentality. I'm willing to do whatever I can do to make the team better, right? And right. and contribute that way. Whatever you guys need of me.
1: Do you th- see that moment that a kid learns that as a turning point, as whether as to whether or not they'll be a contributor at college? Because I feel like if you don't have any adversity to make a team, and you've just won everything, you keep winning. You're so good. You're so athletic. And then you get to a school and everyone is just as athletic as you and also bigger and stronger and shoots harder than you. How, how much of that do you, do you weigh?
0: I think the guys that have gone through the ups and downs and that have handled some adversity are in a really good spot to go into college and contribute, right, and understand that there will be ups and downs. Steve and I talk about this all the time, and, and Jack, you're very present in the, in the club world, and you see this, right? Development is not linear, right? There are ebbs and flows. There are ups and downs. It's how you handle those ups and downs, okay? Understand you're at, you're at a really high point. You just came off an unbelievable club game, right? Okay, the next game, you got to still bring it right? There's going to be ebbs and flows, ups and downs the entire time. And then those players that have gone through some of that diversity end up having really successful college careers and teams that have gone through ups and downs through the season. I usually see them, for the most part, playing really well towards the end, right? As long right. as they're finding the right gear. And we were an example of that last year with Govs. But, you know, as long as we're progressively moving in the right direction, there'll be ups and downs, but making sure you push through that adversity.
2: No question about it. And like to talk about the the covid situation has really challenged our athletes lacrosse players especially the players in the Ivy League school cuz last year for the freshmen it was their first season cuz the first season five games second season they lost so they're practicing for almost 3 years yeah. before they actually play a game then they have two new classes when they arrive as a junior some guys got injured some guys aren't playing so you got to really love the game and you really have to Pick a school that you know is a good fit, good education, and talk about challenges, right? I mean, yeah. you would never know what to expect. I mean, who would ex- have yeah. predicted COVID, right? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You're all excited. Next thing well, the first two years are canceled. A lot of kids could have said, ah, I'm done, moving on. But
0: they all stuck it out. They did, and they all started, they focused on the things that they can control. And that's something that you heard about a lot through that process is that, Okay, the COVID situation, we're not in control of that, right? The fact that we're not able to play, the fact that we weren't able to get games and stuff like that, we're not in control about that. Okay, so let's focus on things that we are in control of. Every time we're out there, let's have a blast when we're out there. Let's bring a lot of energy. Let's compete like crazy because understanding that it's not a guarantee that we're always going to be out there. And I think we saw that in COVID, which was crazy, was this sport that means so much to all of us was taken away. Right. And we were stuck in in front of the computer, right, or doing film sessions or Zoom sessions. It was, I think we all kind of snapped to a little bit to, to realize that, okay, this could be taken from us. And we got to make sure that we focus on the things that we can control.
2: Now, you grew up in Yarmouth, Maine.
3: Yarmouth, Maine. So yeah. how does
2: a guy from Yarmouth, Maine, back in the okay. mid-2010s, yep. so, end up at NAS to play lacrosse? That's uh, quite a story.
0: Yeah, it was it, it was great. I, I wouldn't change anything about my process. I love that I'm a small-town kid from Maine, right? Obviously a handful of players that have like come through there playing the college ranks. There's a handful of guys that are coaching now at the college ranks that went through Maine lacrosse. I was really blessed that I had an unbelievable high school coach in Craig Curry, so Todd Curry from Syracuse. It's his older brother. And so they're a West Jenny family, right? He started early on in the town program, which you see here, when you get really good coaches at the town level, at the youth level, it can really help develop the high school program as a whole. And so through that entire process, a club was a little bit early on. There was like some main select stuff going on when we started, but I never played club. We stuck with our high school team and we traveled a little bit. We'd go to a fall tournament and then Coach Curry would take us up to West Genesee for the wild invitation over the summer and we get paired up with a West Jenny family. They'd be our host. We'd get to go hang out with the kids at night, spend the night with them and then play in the tournament the next day. And that exposure to upstate New York and seeing how much history there was around the game, how much tradition there was, also the talent level, right, seeing the athleticism from some of those guys coming out of that West Jenny program or we play against Well, Lafayette. Like, there's just so many good players up there that, as I was going through the process, had a little initial D1 interest to start off, UMass being one of them. And Jake Kuhn, who is at RIT now, is a NAS alum, four-time All-American goalie there. Unbelievable player. He was an assistant at UMass at the time, connected with Ryan Martin, who was an assistant at NAS, Got me on their radar, and then the rest was kind of history from there. And so I, I loved my time in upstate New York. Rochester, where Pittsburgh is where Nazareth is. Reminds me a little bit of like a New England town, but I also loved being a little a little ways from home and, and getting after it up there. So it was good.
2: Now, you were obviously a
0: um, multi-sport athlete. Growing up, I was a multi-sport athlete. Yeah, so I had played, I started playing lacrosse when I was in fifth grade. I played soccer pretty much my entire life, and then I played a decent amount of basketball as well growing up. No football, though. No football. So here's the funny thing, is, and people always ask me that, is our high school in Maine, Yarmouth High School, did not get a varsity football program until my senior year of, of high school. So all of the athletes, we all played soccer and it's a, it's a pretty heavy yep. soccer town as we all grew up playing soccer. And honestly, looking at the, the way that it correlates between lacrosse and soccer, right? My footwork, my head turns, right? My awareness, <laughs> like all that stuff, the, the agility piece of it actually benefited me on the lacrosse field.
2: So you were captain your senior year at NAS. Yep. When you arrived on campus, what adjustments did you have to make in order for you to find time
0: on the field was it as challenging as you thought it was going to be sure it was it was more challenging than i expected it to be right and i think in every and i think a lot of college players right a lot of college freshmen have this moment of realization where it's like i am not as good as i thought i was Right. And, and I think that's a good piece of it, right, is realizing that there are so many good players out there. There's so many high school All-Americans, high school All-State guys, all conference guys that come from all over that are really good players. Right. And understanding that it's an uphill battle to earn that time on the field. And so, like I mentioned earlier, as I was an LSM all four years of high school, and then when I got there, ran a few shifts at LSM, like during our alumni game, first few practices, coaches came to realize pretty quickly that the foot speed wasn't exactly there, but I can move laterally pretty well. And they're like, okay, so let's, let's try it out down low. And I I love playing down low. And so that's, uh, that's where I kind of made my transition was going from LSM to down low. And I was happy to do it because it, it meant a better opportunity for me to jump on the field.
2: What did you find was the greatest difference going from high school
0: to college? Was it the skill level, size, speed, intellect? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, especially the skill level, the speed, and the strength, for sure, right? I was... I was coming into, you know, I was going into college. I was like 165 pounds, maybe pushing 170 pounds, right? And string bean. And the physicality, obviously, and the speed of the game and the skill level, like those guys can just play and quickly realizing, okay, I got to put my work in, in the weight room, right? In order for me to be able to hold my own out here. It just uh, it opened my eyes to, I'd been in the main world for, for so long to open your eyes to how many good players are out there and the speed and the skill level. It was, yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. But it was it was kind of one of those moments where it's like okay I got to get back to work and and really earn my spot here.
2: But what interesting is coming from Maine. It wasn't that you didn't want to work harder to become a better player. You just didn't know what you had to do to become a better player. And then you yeah. go to Nazareth, yeah. exposed to upstate New York, and yeah. these guys have been around the conditioning, the weightlifting, and so on and so forth, and they're training to become better lacrosse players. But you fit in very well because you were committed to make those changes to become a better player
0: yeah and i think like the other piece of it too is our like i go back to craig curry who was our high school coach too at yarmouth is he had been around the game for so long and had developed so many guys to go off and play in college like we always had kids going off to play at Bates, few to bowden right i wanted to brown Delaware. like there were there were kids that could play from our program so going against those guys every day in practice was obviously great exposure but then once you get to college right realizing that everybody's like that, right? And every game is like that. And there's just so much talent and skill level out there. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Can't
2: take any plays off in college. No, you cannot. If you're (laughs) ball
0: ball watching for half a second, you're getting backdoored, and then you're feeling a little bit of shame. It's just that.
2: (laughs) What's amazing to me is I don't think I might have one game on film from my college that a long time ago.
0: They
1: had film back then?
2: uh, Yeah. (laughs) It was definitely black and white, um, but with no volume. (laughs) It was the dailies from 1920.
0: So Those picture books Chaplin. Book. Charlie, Chaplin. Charlie, Charlie Chaplin's Chaplin. calling the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's
2: calling it all right. <laughs> Two hands up when I had the ball. Goal, goal, goal.
1: We're going to take a quick break, but there's more chasing the goal podcast on the way.
3: Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Dedication, skills, focus, and the drive to play at the highest level. Massachusetts is committed to providing the coaching and curriculum that will allow boys and girls to learn and grow as individuals and as teammates. With an emphasis on skill development and academic excellence, their players have led the country in college recruiting for the past 10 years. With over 800-plus players moving on to play in college and over 130-plus high school All-Americans, Massachusetts has been able to set the nationwide standard unmatched in the sport of lacrosse. To learn more, log on to Lassachusetts.com. That's laxachusetts.com. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England lacrosse? New England Lacrosse Journal and laxjournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England lacrosse scene. Have every issue of New England Lacrosse Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to laxjournal.com to receive daily digital lacrosse coverage on Club Lacrosse, College Commits, Prep and High School, Division One, Two, and Three Colleges, Showcases, Rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by logging on to laxjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Lacrosse Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.
1: This winter, Piatelli Lacrosse has a great way for you to stay in
2: shape and play lacrosse. Kyle, yes. Yeah. Starting in January, we have box lacrosse leagues for youth and high school players of all ages at two convenient locations in Agawam and Taunton, Massachusetts. The up-tempo pace of box lacrosse is an excellent way for players to
1: learn to play faster and develop new skills that will make you more effective on the field in the spring.
2: And coaches will be provided for each game, and all players will take part in mini clinic prior to the game, where we will work on different box lacrosse skills.
1: Make the most of your off season, play some box lacrosse. This program is open to all interested players. For more information on our winter box league, visit www.piattelli
2: lacrosse. Com. experience in college really groomed you for your passion to become a coach and give back to the game, which you've done, you know, so well. We've gotten to know each other really well the last couple of years. Yeah. And obviously, uh, I have great respect for you as a human being and a coach and the energy you bring to your players. You're a great coach. You know the game. You're a student. You do a great job. Your Twisters team's are well-coached, always well prepared when they're on the field. Steve is, he's learned a lot from me over the years. <laughs> I knew that Steve was <laughs> I had to mention that. I met Steve in Australia, as you, you well know.
0: Okay. But did you always know you wanted a coach? I didn't, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do right after school. So, got into the sales job with Steve early on, and I was I was actually working at this place called Maine Lobster Direct up in up in Portland, Maine. Wow, Shit. I think you
1: said that wrong. Uh, no, the name Maine Lobster Direct. Maine Lobster Direct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A yeah. few yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, and that's and I I was kind of just figuring it out. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but then after getting connected to Steve, we were doing some clinics in Andover, and he brought me on to coach at Phillips Andover. And once I started to get the taste for it, right, I had an, an incredible passion for it, right? I loved it. I loved being able to try and give back to the players, but also to be able to stay around the game. Because I look back at my experience, and there's so many life lessons and so many little things that I was taught from, whether it was Coach Randall at NAS, Coach Martin, Coach Curry at Yarmouth, Coach O'Donnell at, at NAS as well, Coach Manji. There were just so many great guys that I've been surrounded with that had taught me so much that I wanted to do the same. And I didn't, I didn't realize it until I got out there couple of times and was like, okay, like I, I really like love doing this. And that's something my parents had told me for the longest time growing up is find something that you love and that you're passionate about. And we'll, we'll you try and work everything else out. Right. As long as yeah. you're passionate about it, then it doesn't feel like, Oh, I got to get up and I got to go to this tournament. I, I still get like those like early morning, like butterflies going to like our first practice of the year or like game days. Like I feel like right back in it. And, and I love it. So being able to do that has been a tremendous opportunity.
2: I'm very lucky. I finally, found something i was passionate about i was like 57 58 years old <laughs> and that that was having a a wonderful partner a co-host to there have a go. podcast oh, with hey, Kyle oh, it. it took me oh. 58 years my
1: i'm heart. finally happy my heart <laughs> that's <laughs>
0: awesome that's no awesome.
1: i do you wonder and th- this is gonna sound bad to maybe some people lis- listening but do you ever wonder about people that just like never find that do you like, it? I mean, I'm sure you see it, right? Like you, not all the parents that you guys deal with have it or sometimes even the, even the kids. Like, do you think about that? All? I think about it all the time and I don't know why because I, I I do have conversations with people and they're like, what do you do? And then I tell them, they're like, ha what do you really do? Because they don't think it's a real job. <laughs> but I, I definitely think that, I think about that all the time. And like, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, oh man, how lucky am I, Yeah. first of all. Yeah. But second of all, I'm just like, how do you not look for that. Like I feel like some people just don't look for it. They think it's coming. You you have to look for it. You have to try things. You have to really look for it.
0: And we're blessed to be able to have it. We definitely do. And to be able to share this stuff with like another person. Like I, I go back to Steve, right? Is because Steve's been my mentor since I graduated from college. For us to have we, we I just think about all the great times that we've had when we've been coaching together and the stuff after the coaching, being able to hang out after and, and stuff like that. It's those little moments that I wouldn't give up anything for and that's where I feel really grateful to, to have found that because not everybody does. And Steve and I coached together for, God, almost eight years between Phillips Sandover and Govs. And then when it came time that he was going to move on to Tufts and everything like that, now when we get back to coach, right? Whether it's, we've had an opportunity to coach the Nike games the last couple of years together, or when we're coaching twisters on the sideline, it feels like you're getting the band back together. And I texted him this the other day when we were talking about it. I was like, I love when we get to coach because it's like, we're right back in it. We've also learned so much by him going to Tufts and me go, taking off at Govs, We've learned so much separately that when we get back together, it's, it's awesome. Like I love coaching with us. It's
2: like the stones getting back <laughs> together. Really, I is. don't know if everybody <laughs> would make that comparison, but I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that no, one. You, got, you both, both, were excellent people, excellent coaches, and you're Thank in you. it for all the right reasons.
0: Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: One day, Jack will let me coach with him. One day.
0: We hope. You got to let me know when that is. I'll come watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. It'll, <laughs> it'll mean, be fun, for we, sure. We, we, uh, we, have to,
2: we definitely have He'll to. He'll make be, me I'll coach defense, that. though. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Do you have any interest in, like, Steve was a high school coach for many, many years, yeah. and I, I think he always had an itch to yeah. get to the college
0: level. Is that something you have interest in? It's, it's not right now, right? I, I love what I'm doing, and I love being able to balance the high school stuff and the club side of things, right? If I wasn't able to balance both of those, I wouldn't be as as happy as I am and feel like everything's heading in, in, in the right direction with Twisters and with Govs, and I... I really like being able to help those kids navigate navigate the either the college recruiting process or the high school recruiting process and help them select the right school that's that's the best fit for them. Anytime you talk about the college game it's always it's always fun to to look at it because it's faster, right? The skill level's unbelievable, right? The physicality's there, right? It's it's just I love watching it. But right now I, I love I love where I'm at.
2: I think the one thing that really intrigues me about the college game is the commitment the players make to the game and their teammates. Yeah. You can't The second to none, really. High school, you get maybe 75 kids committed, 25 not, youth, whatever. Even, even in the clubs, you yeah. don't have every single kid committed like you do. That's what really intrigues me about college. And you're in a great... Time in your life, you're, yeah. in, you're in the your early 30s, and yeah. you have you and yeah, Kyle. I almost forgot your name, Kyle. He's 60, guys. That's That's a a yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. just turned 60. <laughs> you and Kyle have one thing in common. What's oh that? You're both getting married. See, oh my God! Stop.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, uh, to... I'm engaged. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, see yeah. Guys. Loud and proud out here. I love it. <laughs> oh my God!
1: Please don't make this the next next ongoing joke in the podcast series. Oh my God! We
2: need to. St- I need to nip this in the bud immediately. <laughs> kyle has a beautiful italian woman (laughs) in his life (laughs) natalie oh yeah (laughs) her name is Danielle. stop
1: (laughs) oh my god
2: and Uh, he's wasting time he's gonna lose this beautiful italian woman if i was in his shoes (laughs) It's my nightmare. Now, do we the clip ring this? Already, and, with, we the, clip the ring this? would already be on her finger. <laughs> Does
0: this go in the relationship <laughs> advice portion of the podcast? Do we clip this here? <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's, I love it. I love it. Oh well, God. congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're it, really excited. When do you get married? So we will have like our official wedding next, either next February or early next March. She's originally from Vancouver, so we're gonna we're gonna do everything out out there. So Beautiful. It's it's unbelievable out there. I've been a handful of times, obviously, since we started dating, and and we got in engaged out there. It's I love the northeast. The Pacific Northwest is like the Northeast on steroids, right? The mountains yeah. are bigger, trees are bigger, yeah. right? The oceans are beautiful, and so I, I love spending time out there. And we're, we'll bring the whole gang out there for uh, yeah, for the for the festivities. It's great! I'm
2: going to be a Kyle's best man. Yeah, oh in this wedding. I love
0: no, it. You have. Are you guys going to wear ma- matching tuxes? <laughs> yeah, no. we'll wear the dumb and dumber <laughs> was, tuxes. That, well, was, that was the first one that just came to mind.
1: <laughs> I get the powder <laughs> blue saying, the Jack, one. You wear the orange one. <laughs> I'm dumb. I'm dumb. You're dumber.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get back to lacrosse before my life unravels on a podcast (laughs) let's talk about last season sure unbelievable Mm. you guys had uh, for people that that didn't pay attention to the ISL at all you had a really wild up and down. I would say up and down's fair to say. 100%. but hundred percent. Ending kind of on a, a real big up. The you took advantage of the new playoff format. Sure. Got to the championship game, two big upsets on the way, beating Belmont Hill twelve to eleven in the first round. Yep. Then Saint then Sebs a ten nine in the next yeah. round. And then you you go to Nobles and you play for the championship. How yep. were you able to orchestrate that? Because one goal games, man, one goal games are in the ISL are actually not that common. I'm
0: gonna say no, but they're they're they're. It depends. I mean, we had we had a couple. Obviously, we had like three one goal games last year. Um, right. our opener in the ISL against Sebs, and then the playoff games. Right, we had two more one goal games yep. there. But it depends when the. I love the playoff format. So even like leading into this year, there had obviously been talks about the playoff format for years past, and I was always for it, right? I think it's always interesting when, you know, you've got everybody playing their league games, and then by the time the, the, the season's over, it's like, okay, let's look at who has the best record, or an 18, we beat Sebs, Nobles lost to Sebs, Nobles beat us, we end up sharing the title with Nobles. When head-to-head, Nobles beat us, right? And right. so it just it just leaves with, like, a little bit of a funny feeling, right, when you're sharing it with someone that beat you, but then we beat a mutual opponent. It's so it's it's a little bit different, right? But the, the playoff is the perfect way to handle it. And I think seeing it last year with the amount of coverage that it had, the amount of exposure it had for our players and for our schools and our program and New England lacrosse as a whole, I think it was unbelievable. And I think it's only going to get better.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to put this out there again into the universe. Jack and I will call this game. We were available. We actually we, we we talked to talked to the Nobles coach. We talked to Rally. We were like, "Hey, we'll do it." And then the stream was shot on an iPad. Yeah. So I think that's the next
2: step.
0: I think that would be awesome. I would be amazing. Think it be great. I yeah. mean,
2: I was there. I watched the two semifinal games. The yeah. first one, you were playing against Sebs, and it was happy. Be... First one was Bell Hill. First no. one.
0: The se- or No, the semifinal. Oh, the semifinal. Sorry. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sebs. yeah, yeah.
2: You guys played at Sebs. Yep. And Nobles was playing... Home against there, right? there. Yep. So it's right down the street. Yeah. And I was able to catch the fourth quarter because your game yeah. had ended. That Your game against Sebs was, a, I believe, a, was it a one-goal game? It was a one-goal game, It yep. was a great game back yeah. and forth, back and forth. But the thing I wanted to mention was originally you weren't in the upper bracket for Correct. the tournament. Correct. So you weren't even going to play in the upper bracket. Yeah. But R- Rivers somehow couldn't play in it. There's something happening at school. So you guys snuck in and they ended up making it into Uh-oh. the championship game. So that just tells you
0: the depth of talent and a lot of very good players and teams in the ISL. It does. Top to bottom, it's an unbelievably deep league, right? Every team's got guys. Every team's got guys you got to plan for, right? And they've got depth. It's it's an unbelievable league, right? And yeah, and so like the way that things were shaking out, right, is we owned a bunch of tiebreakers with other teams, right? But then Rivers wasn't able to play their last two games, and so it was, was looking that it was going to come down to obviously the winning percentage things, right, when we still felt like we had earned our spot. Right. And I'm fine saying that because we had won out our last, I think it was like last five games to earn that, to get us back in the picture there. And and then all we, we always just felt all we needed was an opportunity. We had a lot of new guys last year to the program. We returned a decent amount of, we had a decent amount of returners, but we had a lot of new guys. Onyamansky was essentially new to us last year, right? Pierce McDonald was new to us as a midfielder, dominant. Huck Trafton, a midfielder from York, Maine was new to us. And for those guys, Guys, right. They had to learn how to play together. Right. How to play our style. Right. We started freshman at attack last year. Our star, our stud lefty attackman got hurt the first game of the season. And so we had to bump a midfielder down to attack. Right. And so we lacked a little bit of depth, but our guys made the plays when they needed to. And we knew if we got our opportunity to get into that playoffs, that we were fully prepared to make some noise. And all I kept telling our guys is you got to believe. Right. You got to understand that we We deserve to be here. Right. And when we get that opportunity, we are not going to take that lightly because I am a I'm a big believer that the scariest thing to play against is some someone that has nothing to lose. Right. Is when you go against an opponent that has nothing to lose. That's when it can get a little bit a little bit tight on the other side. Right. And we were playing with house money for lack of better terms. Right. To start that playoff run. And we we. We had an opportunity to play against three teams that had beat us in the regular season, right? And all really well coached, really good teams that we were excited to play against. And our guys rose to the occasion and and brought it, which was great.
1: Yeah, I think in particular Umanski, who you know was new to you guys last year because he won the MIA title. Yep, uh, with St. John's Prep yeah. the year before. Um, one of one of my favorite faceoff guys to watch just because he's so intense, talks a lot. Yeah. Which, which, like, listen. I I kinda like that sometimes. Not all the time, but when you're face off guy? You kind of want that.
0: If the, if you can back it up, right, you're you're allowed to do a little bit of talking, right. There's a there's a fine line there, right. And I've got an unbelievable assistant coach and Tom Westner up there at Govs, and we always tell the guys, right, if it, if it crosses a line, we we will step in, right. We don't need the refs to like step in and tell like we are going to step in, right, because right. there is there's certain expectations that and responsibility that comes along with wearing the governor's name across your chest, and we want to conduct ourselves the right way. But sports are highly emotional right and when it is tight and especially when you are a face-off guy and you are in a wrestling match and a battle every single time yeah emotions will boil over and and you see it all the time but you know owen is one of the toughest players i've ever coached and his play backs it up which is something for anybody in sports if you're going to talk you got to back it up
1: yeah I think another one of your guys that i really enjoy watching pierce mcdonald going to pen yeah just he's he's almost like you, you watch him with the ball and you're like what's he gonna do yeah. And then he does like a move and you're like, what, how did his body do that? I he, think a couple of times, like I've yeah. seen him, like, especially, I mean, he, he played for last Tuesdays down in, in Florida when I was there for IMLCA Yeah, and he did this move where it was almost like a Euro step yeah. in the middle of the field to get his hand free pop back on his, his off foot and fired a pass right across to a wide open
0: guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pierce has a little bit of like a hoop background. He hasn't played at Govs, but he grew up playing hoops, so he gets a lot of those moves from there. He's a good soccer player, right? So he's got really good footwork and everything like that. He was a captain of our soccer team this year. But Pierce is that that really nice combination of size and skill and speed. He doesn't have to run by every every single time he dodges, but he gets by them right with his leverage with his ability to lean and I stand next to Pierce I'm like Pierce I, w- I want you to use your frame a little bit more I'm like you're bigger yeah. than I am I'm like to not use your frame as much as you do right we got to start to use that and last year he started to take that a lot right is coming out of the box getting a full head of steam right or getting guys on his back or just being able to lean and with his height and his leverage he's able to see through the defense so he is everybody thinks about him as a dodge and shoot like type of midfield he is an extremely effective feeder too right and we'd love to see that from from our guys it's great
2: how's the team gonna look this year talk a little bit about some of the new players uh that are going to be part of your team this year and What, what what the expectations are?
0: Yeah, so we're really excited heading into this this year. We return everybody on offense right now, which is which is great. We re, we return Owen at the faceoff x the goalie returns and, and Andrew Omquist, who's a twenty four lefty goalie stud for us. We lost two of our stud poles, Ben Baroni, who was a captain for us, went off, and he's a freshman at Villanova now. Ian Olenek was a captain for us last year, is a freshman at at Providence right now, and so replacing those two guys is always difficult right? They were just... Absolute animals off the ground and in transition, and were leaders of uh, the backbone is what we call it on the defensive side. They were the leaders of the backbone, and they did a really good job of getting the younger guys up to speed. But now we brought in a couple of guys that will help out on the defense right away, which is great. We we still return our twenty four defenseman Ethan Winterbottom, who's committed to Hobart. We're really happy with our twenty four LSM Colin Maloney. He, he's progressing really nicely. So we've got we've got the pieces in place. It's all how they come together, right? And we're excited for preseason this year. the the side on the offensive on the office, offensive side of things, excuse me, is that we've got some added depth. Last year, I ran four offensive middies because that's what we had, and Owen Umanzky was one of those guys, right, yeah. who's normally known as a face-off guy, right? But Owen can play, and so now for us to be able to have that added depth, it's something that Steve and I love to have when we were either at Andover or at Govs Is we like guys that can play both sides of the ball right? Mm -hmm. Especially with the way the game's evolving, with the shot clock, with the the speed of the game. If you're trying to get your D middies off, right? We're trying to keep those guys on, right? Or we're trying, if your offensive middy gets trapped on the defensive side of the ball, we're trying to keep that guy on. And so for us to have that added depth and be able to play guys two ways will help us play the style that we want. And so we are, we're excited, but we understand there's a lot of work that has to be put into it.
1: Who's your most natural rival in the ISL?
0: So school-wise, right, Brooks is like the, the school rival. But then I'd say in terms of lacrosse, just with the games that we've had in the past, you have to look at Sebs, you have to look at Belmont Hill, you have to look at Middlesex, you got to look at Nobles, like all of those. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of, of the strength of the ISL is that there's so many strong teams there and so many kids, so many strong players that if you don't bring it every single game, you could be walking home with the, the loss.
1: Yeah, that's why I say there aren't a lot of one goal games because yeah. the, the prep for that and yeah. the output of, of effort is is huge. It's it's a it's a fascinating prep league. Yeah. Because there's not like a ton of there are a lot of teams in it, but there aren't a lot of teams kind of on the lower end. Yeah. Right. Like there's a lot of teams in the middle, there's a lot of teams at the top, and yeah. it's just like tooth and nail every time 100 and i
0: think and i think it's great for the sport too is that there's a lot of club guys coaching right at the high school programs now too especially in the isl as well there's a handful of guys affiliated with clubs and i think it's great for the sport right is i'm a big believer too right yeah i've got my affiliation with twisters i don't just recruit twisters guys at govs right yeah. i spread the wealth i want guys from a bunch of different programs right and i know what i'm looking for when i'm out there recruiting and everything but um yeah, I, I like I like having that diverse group of of players at the program. How much of your job is
1: is that is going to kind of I guess, I guess it's youth showcases at this point yeah. to get to get prep kids. How, how much of your job is that?
0: A decent amount, right? And so especially on the Gov side of things, right, is that you always have guys that reach out and say that they're interested in Govs, but then there's also, I want to do my, my legwork and get out there and recruit. And so whether it is the Road to Prep showcase, the Prep Bound showcase, whether it's all these youth tournaments that I'm at already in the summertime or these spring league games that, that we do, those serve as recruiting purposes too, right? And so I, I go to those events and I want to watch those guys get introduced to some of them through some of the club coaches and everything and so there's a decent amount of time that is spent going to these events and recruiting at these events but also a good amount of time that's spent on campus for the interview process for the tour process right I want to make sure that those kids get a really good understanding of what Governors is about not just as a lacrosse program but as a school and the types of people that are up here and everything like that and so it's a fine balance obviously but going to the recruiting events is really important and then spending that time on campus with the the recruits as well is is critical.
1: I mean, you're basically a college that's kind of being what being a college yeah. coach is. <laughs> like yeah. that's a yeah. lot of, that's actually the part I hated. Yeah. I hated it. Like coaching the recruiting process. Yeah. Like, I hated yeah. it because yeah. you'd get a kid and then I'd change my mind. Nope. Yeah. FAFSA didn't come through. Nope. Like there were so yeah. many reasons to say no. Yeah. I, I think it's probably a little different at, at the prep area, but I, I, that dealing with that disappointment is, it wasn't for me. I don't yeah. think you could pay me enough money to go back and coach college.
0: Yes. Yeah, and, that, and that can be like the tough part, right? Is like very early on is, is handling that type of stuff. I've heard and Steve and I talked about this, but Dom Starger used to say this is you always have to make recruiting personal, but yep. you don't take it personal, right? So if a kid it's wants true. to go off and go play at a different school, you can't take that personal. I know in my heart right in my head that I've done everything to provide this kid with the opportunity, but at a certain point too, it just might not be the right fit for him. Right. And, and and you can look at it twisters wise, too, if they want like if they want something else from it. Right. Uh, we're not in the, the business of putting kids in headlocks. Right. Or or telling a recruit, hey, you got to come to Govs. No, we want guys to come to Govs that want to be there. Right? right. And we want guys to play for Twisters that want to play for Twisters. Right. That makes our job a little bit easier. And when you're fully invested in the place that you're at, whether it's your high school, or your club program. Right. Then the other stuff can really take care of itself because you're fully grounded there and you want to be there.
2: Well, it's interesting. I think in the last five, maybe 10 years, really what's changed in the ISL and a lot of prep schools is the recruiting. I mean, 10 years ago, they weren't recruiting players, but now they have to recruit players in order to be competitive or be in the top four in the ISL. I mean, it's become very, very, very competitive. And you mentioned the schools, Nobles, Belmont Hill, St. Sebastian, Govs, Rivers, Thayer. All good programs. Great programs. And yeah. any one of those six, and I didn't mention a number of others, could win the championship this year. They're yeah. really good based on the rosters that we're familiar with. Yeah.
0: I think it's also like who gets hot at the right time, right? right. Is like so like you look at our schedule last year and look at our results, is it was you're hundred percent right. It was up and down, right? There's no question it was up and down throughout the year. But I think it took those ups and downs for our kids to figure it out too. Right. Is we had some really candid conversations with them in the locker room or after games where stuff was going a little bit south to be like, hey, we got to figure this out. But you guys also have to understand that you've got a responsibility to uphold and you guys have to put the work in. And we ended up peaking at the right time. We, in the championship game, ran into an unbelievable Nobles team. Right. And to see what Chad Palumbo had gone through. Tom and I talk about this all the time. I couldn't be happier for Chad Palumbo. For him to be able to go through what he went through and end his senior year with an ISL title was unbelievable. Now, does it sting still that we got our butts kicked in the championship? Yeah, but I'm also – I told our guys after the game, you don't hang your heads because of this, right? Beyond proud of what they were able to accomplish, don't hang your heads, keep your heads high, but understand, right, we we let it get away from us. And now it's time for us to go back to the drawing board and work towards that common goal again.
1: It's really – No worse feeling than that. Yeah, when you're picking kids off the ground. Yeah, and the championship game. It's it's hard, man. Like I I don't think I'll ever forget it. Yeah, Uh, because I did it last year, and I
0: was just like, oh god, this is the
1: worst.
0: It's tough too because you come off the highs of upsetting the number one team in the first round, right? right? And then we upset Sebs right at their field, like. And so our kids are coming off these unbelievable highs, and it's hard not to get for them not to get wrapped up into it. But you quickly have to reset and understand that you are you're starting to prepare for the next game. It's great what we accomplished, but we've got to reset and start preparing for the next step.
2: To your point, what I really love about the playoff is as coaches, your goal is to develop, train, and you want a better product when the the, the end of the year rolls around. But the way it worked before was if you had one loss in the middle of the season, sometimes you wouldn't have a lot to play for. Oh, yeah. So now you've got a lot to play for, and if you have one loss two losses our goal hey we might have lost that game guys but we're getting better yeah we're getting better yeah and our goal is to
0: get into the playoffs yeah and look what you did this year right so that i think it's great for everybody no question it's it's to get to everybody has an opportunity to win it right if you get a chance to play in that top bracket everybody has an opportunity to win it and you're 100 percent right too is that in past years to have two losses you would look at that like our 2019 team for govs was stacked right it was really good luke moriarty was an absolute stud for that group right we had we just had so much depth right tim roberts was up there pat flaherty right on the offensive side of the ball we had jack wood we just had so many guys that could play Peyton o'leary shane o'leary cj baroni like there are so many guys we lost two games and we were we were out right and then last year for us if we had like we wouldn't have been even like sniffing the title right if or even that championship format right if like if, if it had been like it had previously been right is losing that many league games we wouldn't have been in it right but we just needed an opportunity to get in and we were confident that we were peaking at the right time
2: I remember that 19 team too. Your 17 team was very good. 19 team because well, obviously my two sons were on the captains, of the 17 and 19 team yeah. for Saint Sebastian's, uh, and I wouldn't have wanted to play your team again. Yeah. In the playoffs that yeah. year, yeah. either year. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the that the, the, the season though no, too. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like all right, we beat them this time. Yeah. You almost wish oh, we, if we can get in the playoffs and lose them, lose to them, you might be a little more motivated motivated to play them in the playoffs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, that would Two very very good teams. Yeah, Brian gave me some headaches as a as a coach, that's for sure. When he was playing, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, it is is because yeah. yeah. we played them eighteen. We played them at Harvard, right? right. And and I still remember you tracking the sidelines and coming up to Steve and I right after the game, and then and then we played you guys down at Sebs. I think the next year, and that's when you guys beat us in OT. I think it was Bayless coming off that pick in yeah. OT. Yeah, yeah. That, that stuck. It our defenseman stepped on stepped on the picker, rolled his ankle, and he came right around it. But that it's it's. I always tell our guys too, right? I'd rather us go down swinging, right? Especially That's in a regular right. season format, yeah. right? When it comes to the playoffs, I don't, I don't want to go down swinging. I, I want, I want to win, right? But when right. in the regular season format, I'm okay with us losing a one goal game, then instead of beating a team by ten goals, because I don't think there's much development there, right? I'd rather see how you guys handle that adversity and how you bounce back from it. No question,
1: right? Well. Coach, we want to wish you well in your thank 2023 you season and also continuing on into the, the yeah. summer circuit. Thank you. And we want to thank you again for listening to New England Cross Journals, Chase the Gold Podcast. For Jack Piatelli, I'm Kyle Devitt. See you next time.